It's only half past nine. Still too early for bed, but I have an interview in the morning. So I decided to turn in early and get a full night's sleep. And as always, whenever I have an important appointment, I wake up too soon. The clock on the nightstand read 2.35 a.m. Man, my back itched, my head hurt, and my face felt sweaty and warm. I swear it's like the god of minor inconveniences delights in days like these. Why are you doing this to yourself, I wondered. I'd applied on a whim. I crossed fifty this year, and my last employer had gone out of business in a drainpipe vortex of bad decisions and debt. Due to my own mixture of luck and an inbuilt distrust of companies, I'd saved for thirty of those fifty years. My wife and I lived on a budget that would make a miser blush. We don't have a mortgage or any credit card debt, and we both managed to secure tiny pensions that cover our bills. By all accounts, I didn't have to work. But I was bored. I had a useful degree, and I felt like giving something back. So I applied for a job I didn't really need. The interview went well, I thought. I was charming. I was well qualified, and I was willing to work. Yet they decided the very same day to go in a different direction. Corporate speak for thanks, but hey, no thanks. No matter how much you lipstick that pig, it hurts. Rejection is rejection. So here I sit, replaying the interview frame by frame, searching for things I could have done better. The store manager had introduced himself, saying that he started at the cash register. Then, through a series of promotions, found himself in management. There was a look of pride on his face. It was there in the small smile he hid under a bushy brown moustache. It was in the way he addressed me. Yet he sat half turned away from me, and bent over as if trying to make himself as small as possible. Turns out that was important. Here was a man who worked himself up the ladder, but he still had doubts of his qualifications and capability. It was there, in the half-smile that slipped and slid on and off his face, after every sentence. Most of all, it was evident when his identity as store manager had to be justified instead of acknowledged. Also in the room sat the manager of the department where I wished to work. She was probably in her early thirties, a wide-eyed recent graduate. Neither of them seemed prepared to conduct an interview. They looked at each other, hesitated over who should go first, and eventually suggested each other simultaneously. The store manager began by asking me some boilerplate questions, one of which was, tell me what you know about our company. I should have prepped more. I dropped the ball, I'll admit it. When the store manager asked me what I knew about his company, I should have researched beforehand. Even though I intended to apply for a position within a division of a multifaceted company, I should have been able to rattle off a number of answers. Instead, I fumbled with what I knew about the company superficially. Not a good look. Strike one, I did not prepare properly. After two or three questions, the store manager directed my attention to the younger woman she too asked boilerplate questions, to which I had ready answers. 
had worked in the industry perhaps longer than she was an adult, and there was nothing she could ask which I could not easily answer. So what went wrong? Several things. I was overconfident. I spent some time talking about the many accomplishments I had achieved over a 27-year career, whilst the younger manager could only nod and agree. She had not yet accumulated the experience I had, and would only view me as an adversary, and she was in a position to hire or reject. I fear I might have made her insecure. I should have paid attention to the power dynamics in the room. Even worse, I sat in an interview with her immediate manager. The optics were bad. I should have downplayed my achievements just enough to come off as an asset rather than a threat. I interviewed as an assistant, not as a manager, and naturally I was rejected. I should have remembered this was one of Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power, Strike 2. In this situation, I should have also noted the inherent need for validation by the store manager. He had indicated this with the very first words that left his mouth. He was there by luck and dogged persistence. Both the sub-manager and myself had advanced schooling and degrees to back up our vocations. This may be superficial, but I should have paid more attention to the store manager. Instead, I focused attention on the department manager, forgetting that there usually is a scoring system applied to the questions asked. By engaging more with the department manager, I had set the subliminal message that the store manager was less important. This, I think, was the fatal strike. My bad, my score is borderline, strike three. So, some final thoughts. Any prospective employee should be in full observation mode during an interview. You are there to sell yourself, and at the same time you need to be alert to situations where revealing too much goes against you, especially as an older interviewee. For example, never volunteer information regarding your state of health other than generalities. Interviewers are not allowed to discriminate based on age, sex, gender, or family status. One last tip from an old-timer. The best time to interview for a job is when you don't need one. That means to say, whilst you are employed. Look around. Seek better positions as a matter of course. It'll keep you on your toes, alert you to potential openings where you can add or sharpen your skill set, and you'll keep your name current with several employers. Don't give up when you falter. Life is a series of wins and losses. If you interview often and widely, you'll get better at them, I promise you, and sooner or later, you will land a better job.